I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive. For season five. Of the, the Connor, Connor Smith Show. <laughs> it's called Syncopation, kids. Syncopation. Learn it. Just, you just gotta know it. I had to give a little beat so I could start on the offbeat. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, how are you? Me? Yeah. Um... My back's getting better. That's good. Into the Woods is open. That's right. That's good as well. And, um, I don't know. There's a sale at Target? Mm, yeah, always, right? Well. No, what? Yeah. Sorry, I, this is Ryan. I'm here, too. Uh, <laughs> wasn't there the, didn't Target make a big drop in the stock market today? Was that today? Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyway, sorry. Well, I saw their so new. sales. Their new Pride line is really questionable, so there, there's that. That's probably why. <laughs> There was a big outcry about how kind of insensitive their pride wear was this year. Um, Interesting. And gender specific and all kinds of things. I just saw a TikTok about it. I don't know. Could be true, could be not. Um, all right. Today we are going to talk to Beth Wentz Bunch. Bunch. Yes. Now, for those of you who are listening because you have no other way to listen to this show except to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to oh say... Oh my God, you just made me swallow wrong. I was going to say for those of you who are listening, but then I realized <laughs> there really is no other way. To listen than to, to listen. Right. I mean, so that's dumb for me to say. But anyway, me and Beth, or Beth and I, are we... <laughs> Still laughing about that. Go ahead. We, we have kept in touch all through the years, ever since we went, you know, ever since we got on our own little wagon trains and went west... Oh my God! Were you on the Oregon Trail? What was this? Uh, yeah, um, but me and Beth, we don't we don't talk as much as we would like or used to. But we, when we catch up, it, we, it, we it's always back to you know who we are as friends. And so I'm very excited that we are going to be talking with her tonight or today or this morning, <laughs> depending on when you are blank to this listening listening to this wow okay we're gonna take a break we will be right back syncopated hello hello <laughs> hi are you can you i can can you hear me i can i think you think? <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. All right. Keep trying. Good, good. Good, good. SOS. Hello, Titanic. <laughs> um, I am sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. And our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hello. Ryan. What a great room. <laughs> we lit some candles in, in your celebration tonight on the table. One is yellow and one is jasmine. Beautiful. Very and lovely. we also have two smelly pugs here snorting into the air. That is wonderful as well. I have Murphy, this um, kitty cat we pet sit from time to time. He comes stay with us. Murphy the kitty cat. Yes. Okay. Um, hey, Beth, do you still have vanilla as a big thing? 
as a signature scent? Well, candles, scent, you were, I remember that everything about Beth was vanilla. Yeah, it's definitely still very vanilla. Um, we don't do a lot of candles in the house because Mark is very sensitive to scent, but my perfume is still vanilla based. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> well, yeah. I just I just thought of that because I lit the candles and realized, oh, dumbass, it's you didn't like light vanilla. <laughs> That's okay. I do enjoy other scents. <laughs> um. So, so first off, out of the gate. Are you uh, okay? Well, clearly she's okay. She's talking to us, but we heard about yeah. a buffalo. Uh, yeah, and it made national news pretty fast. It was actually CNN. We heard it first. Um, so yes, we're that's not our neighborhood, um, but still uh, close, obviously, and horrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty devastating and not something you expect, but you never do. It happens to communities all the time, unfortunately. Where um, was it at? It's in North Buffalo, um, closer to downtown. Um, I'm in <clears throat> Amherst, which is a like a suburb um, of Buffalo. Um, was the shooting so like in a store? In Top Supermarket. Oh God! Yeah. And um, is that that's not? I'm guessing a grocery store that you go to shop for things at. Um. Well, I mean, it's one of the two main grocery chains here there's tops and wegmans and um i mean we usually are wegman shoppers but we've certainly used tops too but there are a whole bunch of them all over so i mean i could get to six different tops or wegmans within you know 15 minutes um that one's probably closer to 20 or 25 now beth are you, are you originally from that area uh no i'm from um chambersburg pennsylvania originally pa PA. Yes, I was actually um, Fayetteville is my little subset home of Totem Pole Playhouse in Caledonia State Park. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm in from Pennsylvania, South Central PA. So is the song Caledonia based on that park? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. And no, I don't think so. Um, I think that is uh, a Scottish thing. Um, no. We just had, I'm so we, sorry. We knew that. We just had a minor uh, catastrophe. And I know that all the viewers will relate to this. We're near the end People of- People are seeing this? No, no, but they'll understand when I describe it. We're at the end of a chapstick that we love. And the top, the top of it fell out onto the floor. And we have two pugs. So we were just scrambling to I understand. To find it before the pugs did. Yes. Were you successful? We did locate the top of said chapstick. So everything's going to be okay. But there were a few heart stopping moments. I got it. It's at that point where you can know though the chapstick is no longer level with the uh, top. You kind of have to press your lips into it and act like you rotate it. Yeah, I know. You pretend like you're in the Gilded Age. But it's a Burt's Bees, and those are expensive, and you got to, like, use all, every last bit of it, you know? I, you know, I don't use chapstick, ever. Huh. Well, I guess that means you're superior, Ryan. No, no, I'm just wondering, like, should I? <laughs> Do I have really dry lips, and I just I wasn't going to tell you. <laughs> They're cracked. But I've become really... almost addicted to it. Like, I can't, I can't go to bed without putting it on first. Yeah. I can't, like, leave the house without, like, 
chapping up. My I actually, I have so many visuals of you applying chapstick, Matt. <laughs> I really do. It's true. Yeah, he uh, the imaginary lipstick tube, uh, or and also the mirror. Well, uh, you know what? This is a good time it's to compact. talk. This is a good time to just delve right into our scene work and improv skills <laughs> at Chandler University. And Absolutely. I actually googled today the House of Blue, House of Blue leaves. leaves that we worked on together, Beth. We sure did. I was your bunny. And who was I? <laughs> Arthur. Yes, <laughs> something Arthur. I think. yes the house of blue leaves i don't think i remember us. much about it but i do remember us really like getting into that scene we did and i do remember we went to a scene study class that wasn't our regular class i don't know if we if they were short or something, but we ended up doing it in front of one of the other ones, which was actually, I think, some upperclassmen, because I feel like Scott Scarborough was in there. I mean, I feel like it just wasn't our class. And he was having us really work on the the physical actions to achieve the goal. Remember, because I was trying to get you to get up off the couch to go do something. Right. And um, my vocal intentions weren't cutting it. I really needed some physical action. So I remember like pulling the pillow out from under your head and pulling the <laughs> blanket off of you to try to motivate you to vacate the couch. But we had to do it twice in that class. Do people, do people in America realize that when you rehearse those scenes, you had to find, I don't know, an empty space in a parking lot. You had to go <laughs> find your own props, which may or may not exist. Like we were in the middle. Like, remember that when you would sign up for different places to practice? <laughs> yeah. It was insane. <clears throat> well, but, I mean, it became resourceful. It did. I do remember the magic of the studio theater space just being there with the lights and the props and everything. It just felt like a little hidden magical sanctuary. Yeah, it was a cool space for sure. What is the House of Blue Leaves about? It's a house. With blue leaves? I think so. And a guy that's on the couch. We only, I think, familiarized ourselves with that scene and forgot it. So I couldn't answer your question. <laughs> Didn't you look it up today? No. I did, and it, and, and the, the description of it was something that embarrassed me to even think that I scared? clearly didn't know what the, the story was about. Oh, yeah. I guess we did really well. Well, I felt like it was a metaphor for my own life and maybe everyone else in this room, including you, Beth, that, you know, we just take life scene by scene and we're, we don't always know what the entire play is going to be about. Well, I guess that's the House of Blue Leaves takes place in 1965 in Sunnyside, Queens, on the day of Pope Paul VI Papal visit to New York City. Papal? Oh, did, did I want him to go see the PayPal? PayPal. <laughs> what did you say? Is that was that Bunny's goal to get him up to go see the Pope? I think I so. Think so, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Didn't remember that. Well, that would have like created some new physical actions. You could have like crossed yourself and pulled him. Gotten you know, out all our rosaries. Yep. 
Beth, we ask our guests a lot of, of the same question of how they found themselves to Shenandoah. Did you have yeah. other options of going to other schools? Did you, uh, what drew well, you to Shenandoah? It was all, like, it always seemed where I wanted to go. Like, I had multiple um, experiences with it early. Um, like, when I started community theater when I was 10, I was in a show with a woman um, named Peg Weeks who became my voice teacher. And she was also um, Corey Rotz's voice teacher. Um, and she would take us um, to shows at Shenandoah. And I remember um, meeting Jackson Sheets and in Chambersburg, like when I was way younger than college time, but he um, was at, Corey had done a recital in Chambersburg and there was like a reception afterwards. And I remember Jackson Sheets was there and I just kind of knew who, who he was. And, um, and then also Totem Pole, because my first job ever um, was ushering there during summer stock, um, like all throughout high school. So there's a lot of connections back and forth between um, Totem Pole and, and Shenandoah. A lot of graduates who worked at Totem Pole. Of course, Lindy Hayen worked at Totem Pole. Hal would come to the shows. I remember serving him at the concession stand one summer. Um, I guess it was the summer probably right before I was going to start at Shenandoah. Um, but he's like, oh, I think I just saw your name on some paperwork. Um, <laughs> and so... <laughs> Um, it was always kind of a thing. Like I had seen a lot of productions there. It was always just kind of where I wanted to go. Um, and so I did. Have you been back since you graduated? I've been back since I graduated, but that isn't recently. It's still been a really long time. And I know there's been tremendous changes there. Um, I don't know if I would recognize it or know my way around i feel um, like you came to see me in children of eden i absolutely there. yes i absolutely saw you in children of eden um i mean i was a guest artist um three years after graduation when they did joseph again yeah um, but um it yeah not too much past that have i been there with which i guess isn't very nice I don't think I mean, it's about being nice. I think it's just about convenience, right? Yeah, it didn't, yeah, it didn't happen. Um, you, but you, were, you were the narrator in Joseph. Yes, the um, first time we did it right after graduation um, in '96, I split it with Joy, and then three years later, um, I did it again there. Wow, you know, I remember. I don't, I don't know how to say this correctly, so I'll just put out the emotional content. But I remember for my for the first time in real life, uh, being in the studio theater and hearing like Meredith Long and like Arlene sing like Nobody's on Nobody's Side from Chess and they were yeah. be uh, belting their faces off. And I thought to myself, what is going on? Right, right, right. And it was also at that weird time at least at our school, I felt like mixing and belting was sort of like, not a no-no, but sort of like a foreign like thing. And Joseph was definitely a show, I think the narrator that had to basically sort of belt this show that was actually written, I think originally for all men. 
It was, yes. The original narrator was male and they did, when they revived it, use a female narrator and they changed the keys. But our score at school was the original. So yes, it was a extreme belting. I mean, if you wanted to belt it, which I did, um, but it was definitely higher than the revival keys, which was intimidating, but also like really fun. Well, I just remember you being uh, very good at belting and didn't mean you kind of try to make me a belter. Feet and hair. Yes, we did. Feet and hair for, for a superstar. Mm-hmm. We did. And it was working. Yes, we were in one of those cute little studio rooms. But, but you, do, you do realize that years later, I did go on to play Judas. I do realize that. Yes. And, you're welcome. Uh, I, <laughs> you're welcome. Well, no, I was going to say thank you. Because <laughs> the only way I got through that was sort of like this channeling, channeling of my muscle memory of something. Um, I don't know if it sounded good, but it, it did. It did. It did sound good. I saw you as Judas. You did? Yes. See, I can't remember any of that now. Yeah, I think it's all a blur. There are so many things, I know. Yeah, I, it is hard to keep it all straight. Well, ever since COVID happened, now I can't really, my timeline is off. Yeah, we lost a couple years. Yeah, but do you remember this? Let's see. One night, me and you were in the practice room. And I was discussing how I kind of taught myself how to play the piano at the age of eight. Yes, I remember this. You know, what I didn't tell you was I was hoping someone would pick this up and make a movie. <laughs> There's Maybe so like a movie of the week. So if anyone's out there, is, you know, wants to is thinking about different ideas, here's a great idea. And I said to you that a lot of times I would just play in the dark. Mm -hmm. Do you recall this? I do, absolutely. And you said, okay, well, I'm going to turn out the lights and you, you can, you know, make up a song. I don't even think I said all those words. I think I just turned out the lights. Well, you turn out the lights and this is what happened. Wait, oh, Papa's up and he's going to the piano. Papa has a hurt back. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Beth, turn out the lights and this is exactly what happened. Yeah, because I still remember it. Remember that, Beth? We do that. Actually, I mean, it's been a really long time since I've heard that. It choked me up a little bit. But that's yeah, that, that, that song that I wrote and I've played that like ever since my entire life. That was a go to uh -huh. song whenever I was playing the piano anywhere. And then eventually I put that little theme into a musical I wrote that Katrina in Sleepy Hollow sings. Oh, that's so awesome. Isn't that cool? We made that up together. Cool. In the same, I love that. In the same space. <sighs> so that's really I, awesome. Thank you for playing that again, by the way. <laughs> that's, it that's reminds really me, not this now, song. Now that was unscripted. I wasn't going to go there, but I am thinking that that's how the film opens. <laughs> <laughs> that's the opening. I was just going to make like a Brenda Russell when he plays piano in the dark joke, but that was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. And that's part of the, my anxiety through life is not understanding the uh, technique of something that's invisible. Wow. 
So anyways, caller, if you want to call <laughs> in right now and tell us what that's about. Do you take requests? Yes. Let's, I'm going to take a request right now. I would like to talk about some of the stuff that we've done together. Oh, boy. Now, um, how many summers did we actually work together? Um, now, I remember your shoes in the my hall, shoes coming down the hall at, Fair. was that was that state fair it was mrs edwin metcalf yes mrs edwin metcalf the what pickle champion yes, yes. yes. and you would win and do sort of this your arms would sort of make this sort of alphabet from another language <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Thank such a fun you. show. But that was such a brilliant character choice because uh, the reason that I can still remember that character's name and that gesture was your doing and your ingenuity as an actress. It was, it's just a small touch, but like that show, I love that show. It's such a like slice of life kind of show. And those kind of shows need like people you know in your own community that you witness. And so kind of like, oh God, she reminds me of so-and-so. Um, Mrs. Edwin I love Metcalf. that you remembered her name because honestly, I was actually recently trying to think of her name, and all I could think was Mrs. Einsford Hill, which is of course not it, but that's who I was in My Fair Lady. Could not think of Mrs. Edwin Metcalf, so thank you, I appreciate that. Oh my God, were you My Fair Lady that I was not in, but I was doing costumes for, and when I was driving them over across the road, they all fell out of the truck into the creek. Oh God, they fell in the creek. Well, I don't up on the banks you. of the creek. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was in when we had um, Jennifer Westfeld. Um, yes. Brian Williams was Freddie. Yeah. So I played his his mom, that production. Yeah. You know, Jennifer one night ran a red light and she looked at me and said, I can't stop at all of them. <gasps> she did. I can't stop at all of them. That is so funny. I mean, obviously, I've seen her on you know in movies and tv throughout the years but i will always remember that she because that same season we did funny girl and i um had a, a role in that so we were rehearsing that while we were performing um my fair lady and i had to do an irish accent and she recorded my lines for me on cassette tape um because i had never done one before um so i could just learn the the sound over and over and, and now Irish accents are um you know pretty fun to do but I had never done one before so I think I still probably have that cassette tape somewhere and then um, you pass that information and that knowledge down to me when I was doing a scene and we sat on the house front steps and I was like I was having such a hard time with this Irish accent and you sat down with me and said say it like this think of it like this and I was able to do it so thank you Oh, Ryan, that's awesome. And then what Ryan and then Ryan passed the same knowledge down to me. And so <laughs> I sometimes when I see Ryan to say uh, Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. Ahoy, the Loch Ness. I was like, wait, does this go back to, to Randy McFadden and that's how he got the Irish Spring commercial? <laughs> like we, we have to create a, a myth here. Well, I went on to play Ropine, the old whore 
in one of the straight plays, The Hostage, where I also had to do an Irish accent. So by then, I knew how to do that because that was my intern summer. Wait, um, wait, wait. The Hostage. I remember you guys talking about that. Now, The Hostage was, was in the... Was The Hostage in the studio? It was in the studio theater. The, all the straight plays were in the studio theater. And I was lucky enough to be a part of all of our straight plays all four years. And which... The Hostage was about Ireland and the the civil unrest it, with the IRA. IRA. They had um, Jeremy Kraft played the hostage. He was an Englishman who they had um, where we're just holding in this brothel. <laughs> um, and so again, I don't remember a lot of details about it. Heather Ward was in it. She sang a song and she sounded lovely. Um, but yeah, Ropine the old whore was me. I mean, I, I would just love to write that on a resume, you know, <laughs> or have a cabaret. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, uh, Ryan, weren't you in best one woman show? I believe I was. It certainly was. Oh my gosh. Beth, do you remember our obsession with the musical Napoleon? Of course. I, I still love Napoleon. And yes, one of my favorite songs from it I did in my one person show. Yeah, give me the title. That was um oh man, I don't I'm not good at names anymore. I'm short and I'm mad. You're that's the name of the song? That's not the name of the song. <laughs> uh, um Napoleon. Yeah, I'm going to give me my phone, Steven. I'm gonna look it up right now. Um I think I can remember where that came from. My phone is right here. Where everything in the house is in alphabetical order. It's, like, it's in the P section. He is enjoying being injured because I get to fetch everything and tie his shoelaces. Is it getting any better? You're back. Yeah, I did a lot of stuff today that was um, therapeutic. I guess so. It just is a reminder how. Um, Everything gets a little wackadoo when you get over 50 and you still look like you're 45. I thought you'd give yourself a better compliment than that. The Napoleon <laughs> musical. I don't think they were anything famous. I don't I don't know. They really weren't. It was um I got a lot like Timothy um, Williams and Andrew Sabiston. Yeah, did they do more stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I remember we got into a lot of those um a little more obscure, like um, you know, Metropolis and um Oh Metropolis. One Floyd one, Collins. One, one. Like we got into some of that stuff that was really cool, but not that everybody was talking about. Right. I remember Metropolis being you guys introduced me to that. And that yeah. was that song what that uh, Greg Goodbrood and, and Heather Souza? I don't know. Like, they think they sang that if it's only love could it be enough to break my heart? Oh, Bring on the night and that. Bring on yeah. the night. Yeah. Um, but that, no, that, that was, um. didn't he do that with Heather Ward? That's it. I knew it was a Heather. Oh, Heather Ward. Yeah. Okay. Um, he is on his phone googling the away version, that's yeah the version that i did in my show was the finale version of the song it was like a reprised version of it earlier in 
I can't believe the name's not in my head. I mean, well, I, uh, the, the music is just says is just so freaking beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yes. That was Ryan Williams, yeah. I'll just play a little bit longer. And when I feel your beating heart, I know I am alive. Your faintest whistle wakens Anyway, really beautiful, beautiful stuff. I remember we used to be so crazy about that. I loved the songs in my show. Like I really, yeah, I really enjoyed the variety. And um, and again, they weren't, some of them were ones that most people might not have even known. Um, I remember, Beth, that we used to, I used to hang out in your room, like in between sections of my day or whatever because I didn't always live on campus. I was kind of off campus until I moved on campus and we used to just always share a lot of crazy sort of inside jokes and stuff. Yeah. To the Apple Blossom Mall for a while and sold Excel phone plans. Oh my God, we sold the Excel phone plans. <laughs> Oh, I forgot perfect. that. Did who got? Did I get you into that? You got me into that. Who uh, got me into that? No, maybe it was the other way. I don't know, but maybe I think Johanna had something to do with it. But you were like going like gangbusters for a while. Um, I like, think I got like a few of my relatives into you, it. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. Um, but yeah, you used to um, nap on the couch in my room in Parker. And then um, we used to share a lot of moments on the front porch of the house. I don't know what's happening. You know what? Let's do this, Beth. Let me resend the link again and let's take a pause here. I'll resend and we'll see if it's just a connectional thing again. Okay. All right. Bye. My voice teacher, Rob Lloyd. Mm hmm retired and I believe it was upon your recommendation that I got into Jackson Sheets' studio. Yeah, that makes sense. You were um, kind enough to be my accompanist in my voice lessons for Jackson Sheets for a while. Oh, I had forgotten that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, and I'm not even that good. <laughs> well, you were cheap. I was cheap. Did you do that <laughs> for other people as well? Well, I play at times for things that I probably should not have. Like I'm not really a pianist. I'm more of a creator. A noodler. I'm, I would, I called me a, a loose noodle. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. So should we now just jump into what we're, we're really all avoiding, which is uh, the burn break kid show. I would be avoid that. That was a, a beautiful time of life. Well, Stephen, would you just set up what it was? Sure, sure, sure. And who, what the cast was? Sure, sure. Because this was pretty, this was the time, this really should have been recorded. So <laughs> for those who don't know what the Burn Gray Dinner Theater was. Or is. Is not anymore. Um, it was a, a, a kind of, uh, it was a dinner theater that was kind of headed 
towards the end when we kind of uh, were there. Um, it was a barn, right? No, it was an old uh, country club. Country club. Oh. And so we were there probably for the last four years of its life, um, Matthew and I at least. And they ha- they did these kids shows. On the uh, and and I, what were they on the weekends for some reason or? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, no, they weren't on the weekends. They were during they were. the week, and they bust kids in like yeah. from school. Yeah, for like field trips. It was like a noon like thing. Or no, it was, it was early. It was not table service. It was, just... it was pizzas. Gotcha. They had pizza. Yeah. That we all then got to eat pizzas ourselves. <laughs> um, but the, this kid show was Pocahontas, mm-hmm. and Kira Collier was Pocahontas, Pocahontas. because yes, it was, was the nineties. Um, Trumbull now, yes. Uh, yeah. Who are you, Steve? I don't. Did I do it? Who are you, Beth? Who were any of us? Yeah, we were in it because that's this. That that's the that's the whole fire alarm. Don't be an. Wasn't I like idiot. subbing for somebody who didn't couldn't do it or something? Michael Michael Colby from the famous from Las Vegas was in the show as John Smith. You guys, honestly, I only remember us and I only. Her having to leave stage because I was laughing too hard. The, I don't know. Was it a missed cue? What was the problem with the don't be an idiot? Or did I just laugh at the way you said it? I don't know. I think you, I don't think you really saw the seriousness of <laughs> uh, or really could handle that. I had uh, just finished the Uda Hagen book. Right. And I was supposed to run out and say, it's the it's the fire alarm. It's the fire alarm or something. And I think you responded and I was supposed to then blurt out, don't be an idiot or something. Anyway, it was only three maybe lines and we couldn't get it out. We just would always run out. I would scramble to say some things, which was true for most of my life. And then we would both just run off stage. Oh, my God. So professional. And Very somehow proud. they still paid us. I mean, you know, those kids didn't know. They yeah. had a really good time. But that wasn't the only, that was that other one that you directed with the, where Kira was also in it. She was a princess. I was the queen. I think it was the princess in the pea. Was it? Was it? And me Not and Stephen painted the hats and stuff. Remember that? <laughs> I love working for John Kinnaman. He always treated us pretty well. Yeah, I had a, I had a good experience with him as well. And then then you and Steven worked on a film together that I believe. um... (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? Because I I didn't know you were going there. What do you mean? This is this is is this like this is porn? No. no, 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 no. You've heard of Sundance. Oh, God. Ryan's. Ryan. Yeah. No, this was. the Linda Blair Witch. It was our little, <laughs> the Linda Blair Witch. It was our parody of the Blair Witch that was out. And oh my God, that was so funny. And Beth played uh, the equivalent of the woman who they go to her house, and she's kind of a religious fanatic, crazy. In the before they get oh, to the, the woods, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that that Beth was the equivalency of that. And, oh, that was a fun day. And we that was at. My townhouse that I had with Pam Peach in Columbia. Yeah. But we filmed that. Uh, yeah. Do you, is there a copy of that around somewhere? Oh, is, is there? there? 
<gasps> yes. Stephen, can you can you find it tonight and, and we can make some little um Absolutely. Put it on DVD, mail it out. But you know what? Speaking of Pam Peach, Beth, my God, when I saw Pam Peach and Toby's It's a Wonderful Life musical, I was flabbergasted. Yeah. I mean, the talent that came out of that woman was, I mean, a force of nature. Yes, yeah, she she and I met in Oliver, um, where she played Nancy. Um, and that was um, at Toby's. And she was fantastic. Um, and shortly after that was when I actually moved into, we, you know, became good friends and I moved into the townhouse when she had a roommate move out. It was good timing. And we've, you know, been very close friends ever since to this day. But yeah, she's extremely talented. Was Columbia the last place you lived or did you go back to Washington on Connecticut Avenue before you made your move to upstate? Yeah, Chevy Chase was after Columbia. Chevy Chase was after Columbia, and that's where we would get together in, in this cute apartment and order yeah, it was a great apartment. And order our famous, like uh amazing restaurant, a Chinese restaurant there. Chinese. Locally. Yes. And I would always get golden house. chicken, I think. Yeah, we it was a great apartment. We had a great setup thanks to my parents I mean my sister and I certainly contributed but we wouldn't have been able to put that whole bill it was um in a, a out of out of our range area so we were very fortunate um but it was a, a great apartment a great location um I had been working for um a pet sitting company while living in Columbia and continued that when I moved to Chevy Chase and I was doing that along with the kids shows and stuff um and then once I moved to Chevy Chase I got my first veterinary clinic job um in Bethesda at a holistic clinic um and stopped doing the pet sitting because by then I had my own cats and you know didn't want to be you know having to go stay the night at other people's places and stuff so I got something still in the animal field while being able to continue to do the theater too I know um, what holistic kind of means, but what does it really mean now nowadays now that there's so much out there? Is it is holistic just mean um, alternative from uh, synthetic medicines or what does that all entail? Well, not um, specific. Actually, it's it, alternative is, is one of the names that people think is a synonym for it. It isn't actually because a lot of its roots are far, far deeper so it is officially that would be more of the traditional medicine even though what we think of modern medicine is what people call traditional medicine but it's got a lot of you know very ancient roots but holistic in general just means treating as a whole and not just breaking up into parts and treating specific symptoms but you know getting to the root of the whole thing for the um, you know, it's one thing to have to take this, you know, particular heart medication, but then it, you know, strains the kidneys, you know, and that kind of thing, as opposed to um, the whole patient body, mind and spirit taking into account the effects on all of that. Um, so that's in human medicine as veterinary medicine. So at that particular practice, 
we had um, a chiropractor and we had massage and acupuncture and Reiki and Chinese herbs and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I'm assuming you not only become a little bit of a teacher, but you also are constantly like a student learning about brand new things always from other um, journals or doctors about like, oh, we're doing this now or trying this. Yes, the, the doctor who owned that practice was very um, ex experienced and she kept learning and growing herself. She was kind of amazing. She was Belgian and she would always, um, you know, go take more classes and learn more things and travel to, to do seminars and and then also wanted to branch out into just a well-rounded life a holistic life and so she'd go take piano lessons and she'd get a trainer and like you know so she, um felt very well-rounded and stuff so yeah I was very glad for that time there I learned a lot that I was able to you know sort of apply to the way I want to pursue my own you know health when I have you know questions or concerns and um, what kind of stuff I won't just automatically jump into because it's like what everybody does these days and, and that sort of thing. So it's been very valuable. The clinic that I work at now is not holistic, but it has started to add more of those um, other treatments as available. Like we do have an acupuncturist now and things like that, which we didn't, I mean, I've been there for 18 years. So a lot has changed in, <laughs> in that time. And didn't Buddha get acupuncture? Yeah, I was yeah. about to say Buddha had yeah. no, not only uh, acupuncture, but Chinese herbs that yeah. I believe for the last like two years of his life. We definitely saw the connectivity yeah. that happened with the acupuncture. acupuncture. And we were like, why, why don't we take care of ourselves like we're doing this dog? Yeah. Right. But I yeah, definitely... I'm glad he had success with it. That's great. Well, I mean, I think it, 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 it lengthened his life for a little bit longer i think um yeah. but uh gonna move off that topic um yeah <laughs> I, of course i miss all our our kids we haven't had kitties of our own now and going on four years um just trying to put finances toward other things i mean we definitely will again for sure um but um you know, they're, they can be obviously expensive and it's a big investment. And when we have them, we want to do everything we possibly can for them. So taking a break from having them and not having that obligation is allowing us to pay off some debt and try to make, you know, plans for the future, which is why getting to borrow Murphy from time to time is very nice. Well, you know, it's so funny. Steve and I uh, are getting ready to have a call with um, Amy Barron, who now lives in Germany. Mm. And she wants us to maybe come over to Germany and do something over there with, in her theater um, near Stuttgart. <laughs> and of course, the first thing, and I know, I know, I know what people are gonna say, go ahead and, and say it. But you know, the first thing me and Steven said privately to each other was like, oh my God, how do we leave the dogs? You know, I because, guess. <laughs> they're a part of our lives. And most people would say, are you crazy for lying to Germany? Um, but, but especially over the pandemic, I mean, it's become like, yeah, they feel like we actually do live here all the time because we do. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And there definitely Absolutely. is a different lifestyle when you have to take care of 
an animal and you don't, you now take care of other people's animals. We see the animal. I'm not like in the exam rooms or anything like that, but um, certainly animals have been a passion of mine for a long time. I never yeah. intended to stop doing um, theater. And I guess I won't officially say that I have. I mean, I, when I moved to Buff at every intent, I mean, there's actually a pretty good, you know, theater scene here. There's a, a lot of different theater actually, you know, Bobby Cook from Shenandoah lives here and he does a lot of productions, um, choreographs and directs and stuff. And um, I had intended to jump right back into that and it just didn't work out um, timing. Well, like I had an audition lined up actually for Joseph, <laughs> um, but uh, got the flu and didn't make that audition and then had trouble finding something I thought I would be right for. And in the meantime, needed money and started working at another vet clinic because I knew that from Bethesda. And that was 18 years ago. And isn't that always just the case is basically you're, you're in college and then when you get out, it's just literally about how to make a living, either paying the bills with theater or paying the bills without theater. I mean, I always think that everyone still has a beautiful artistry life that they, you know, use to contribute in whatever job they have. But, you know, funny enough, I just directed Into the Woods and there's a, a gentleman in it who came up to me one day in rehearsal and he said, hey, remember that time we were all going to be famous on Broadway? And of <laughs> course, and of course, I just sort of laughed because, you know, here we are in this little black box in Falls Church and you know, here, yes, we're doing a show in Falls Church or whatever, but you do have this sort of impression, or at least I did in college, that if you don't somehow pack your bags and live in New York City and sort of land some sort of national tour, that you somehow haven't arrived. And I get, yeah, absolutely. And I went, I, I didn't have any immediate plans right after graduation to go. I had sort of thought about Seattle. I had thought about briefly about New York, but was past that because the couple times I had visited there, it just didn't feel like I would be comfortable, um, which, you know, maybe I should have tried to make myself be outside my comfort zone, but I didn't. I went back home for a little bit to try to save some money and ended up working for a pet photographer. So still <laughs> more animals, but I was kind of lost. I mean, I like, as soon as I got out of work on Fridays, as I'm sure you well remember, I sped down the highway to Winchester and spent every weekend in Winchester like a lost little puppy. And I know that everybody was probably like, um, didn't she graduate? <laughs> she, But like there was so much more energy there because everybody was still in that theater bubble, practicing songs, like getting ready for rehearsals. And, um, and I didn't have that anywhere else. So um, but luckily then I did end up, you know, I moved to Winchester then when we started the whole like auditioning, I would be driving into to DC for different auditions pretty regularly. And then I got, you know, Oliver at Toby's and then I did the burn Bray and, um, stuff like that. So it felt a little better, but for, for a while it was, um, yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has gone. Through, I mean, we. I think I'm still going through that even today of like, am I done? Am I still going? What am I doing? Like me and Stevie, 
you know, I never thought that we would be 20 years out of school and still wondering like how we were going to pay our bills or like what's around the corner. And well, I mean, life, life just gets, it's, I don't want to say in the way, but life becomes life. And like, I'm in Broadway in my head every day. Yeah. And that's all right. that matters. Uh-huh. Ryan Pippen is no longer on Broadway. <laughs> that's the only role I've ever done ever. You guys, I saw all of the performances of your Pippin. You, you knew that at the time. You probably don't remember it now. I saw every single one. I loved that show and watching all of you guys so much. Wow. Yes. I don't remember that. Because that was during my time, Matt, when I was down there all the time, when I probably shouldn't have been. But, like, I mean, I just craved those, you know, talks on the porch at the house and anytime there was a project I was like all into the project like making those tombstones and those votive candles for your one person show like that kind of stuff like just made me excited but Pippin in particular because like I loved all of you guys so much and watching my friends perform always makes me so happy but the quality of the show was really good like I loved it yeah I, I, I'm now remembering all the freaking stuff that we did together to make my one person show happen in that beautiful um, burnt wood thing that you gave me is still downstairs. That was made by a woman who worked with me at the pet photography place. Wow. There's something that's unique. We were kind of getting teary-eyed with Robin and Mary a little bit talking. There's something so magical that happens when you're in this sanctuary. And I keep using that term. But when you go into that empty dance uh, room, practice room, that empty studio, whatever, and it becomes filled with your ideas and movement and writing and whatever. And you're like so safe there. And you're enriched. You are enriched so much that money doesn't even become an option of like, I have to go get a job. You're just feel like you're completely connected to the most purest part of you. Yeah. You're and so then, inspired. Yeah. And then you leave and you're, you, you are trying to find that same thing. I know, which is why I feel like I personally missed something because I mean, I, because we should be able to take that with us somehow, even if it's just a tiny little flame deep inside. And I think that ultimately I never really lost it, but I went through a lot of very insecure times and I felt like I needed um, outside stimulation for that flame to get fan to the appropriate (laughs) level like I had trouble maintaining it on my own um and I think I've gotten better at that all you you wouldn't um know it to look at my current resume but um I do think that um you know you guys have maintained this you know drive and this focus and and all that kind of stuff and I feel like I'll, I've let a lot of that stuff atrophy in myself, which I'm trying now to, you know, re-excavate um, because I still love to write, like all of those things. Of course, I love to sing, but the only real singing I've 
I've done in front of people were at a couple of weddings. Like it's not um, real performing, but you know, back in those days, like when we all went to DC to audition for rent, remember oh when God. we, Steven should have Steven, you got a call back. Didn't you Steve? From Mark? I did. Who got a call back? I did. What happened? I didn't get it. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't get it, but what you sang you not the doctor. Yep. I remember. Um, from a, by Lennis. And then who would have known that, that that song would have been on Broadway like 20 years later? Yeah, that's probably because of you. That's exactly why, Beth. Exactly <laughs> why. And when, where's our cut? Um, I know. Steve, do you remember um, my taking uh, voice coaching with you at the Burnbrae? Like we would use that piano at the Burnbrae? Yes. Just trying to um, stay polished. <laughs> Oh my God, yes. That piano at the burn brace saw a lot of things. But once again, another sort of sanctuary feeling where your home became beyond just doing a show. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, the friends that we've kept in touch with who have, we've met along the way of our artistry path have remained in our artistry book. And they, it's like, you know, I don't really want to solve problems with anyone else. Right. Well, like that um, assignment you gave me a few years ago, again, when I was like feeling stalled and you said, okay, I need, I need lyrics then by next Thursday and we'll write the music. And that was all it took. And I wrote that, the book I used to write, I wrote the lyrics to that song and sent it to you guys. And you guys wrote music to it and sent me a recording. Do you remember that? Oh, Yeah. I remember us to basically kind of talking about this is going to be your cabaret when you you start letters really from Buffalo. Letters from Buffalo was going to be from the Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then where was that? Didn't you guys? There was like a condo or something when you were writing um, the Crucible. I remember you had the um, watching her the Crucible and you needed lyrics for watching her watch you. And then you guys had to go do something. And in that two hours or whatever that you were gone, I wrote watching her watch you. And like, sometimes that's all it takes is just a specific project and I can go, but the just free to do anything you want, put it down on paper. I have more trouble with. Yeah, Stevie's more like a little, a little bit of a laser. If you tell him to wash the dishes, he will, but he might burn something on the stove. <laughs> Where my brain is... I, a, I don't know how to take that. No. I, <laughs> is he washing dishes on the stove? Is that why the stove is on? <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell me to cook the food properly while I was washing the dishes. <laughs> then it would have been fun. I can't, I can't tell you everything. I well, Can you tell me something? <laughs> well, I don't remember... I, I know that I have a problem in my own personal life, which is my mind has always kind of moved faster than my mouth because my mind is already just, you know, I'm already working on this new show, Birds, which I haven't told you guys about um, oh. that I came up with last night. Um, while well, Birds aren't real. Well, that's a whole other <laughs> discussion. But um, Beth used to always kind of stop me or correct or say back to me things I would always say improperly like i would use the wrong conjugation or i would use just the wrong <laughs> word thinking it meant something else books to dynasty 
What you just cut out? What? Bilks to Dieski. Oh, Bilks to Dieski. Do you remember that? That was a good one. Of course, I remember that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh I, my gosh. I, I think it could it could be a reunion show. And There's thank no you for bringing it up, Ryan. End to these stories. So, are you guys going to go to Germany? Do you think if you find a good pet sitter? Oh God, I don't know. We were we're either a going to drive the pugs to Buffalo. Uh. <laughs> um. I don't know if they, I mean, I think they would be okay without us. I'm not sure if I would just end up like skydiving out of the plane. I understand. And screaming. That was always like, the hardest part uh, going on vacation. Like I would, I mean, I had a pet sitter that I trusted for sure. She came to the house multiple times a day. She was a tech at the clinic that I had, you know, worked with and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, but leaving would make me nervous. Yeah. Well, so these dogs are the only dogs. That, no, they're the only people. They're the only people in the world that understand why we play the piano at midnight, why we voted for Joe Biden, and why. I, I hope they're not the only people who understand why we voted for no, Joe Biden. No, no, no. They might be the only two left. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, but no, we, we, we will probably have like a scheduled Zoom about it just to kind of talk logistics or whatnot. Um, and honestly, it's a pretty big commitment all the way around because me and Stevie are pretty, uh, we're pretty booked with just work. We have a premiere of a new show coming up in the fall. We have another yeah. show that's ours up, up at Christmas time. And you know, we're still renting. It's not like we're kind of off doing our own thing. We have, um, you know, like Ryan just said, life gets in the way. Sure. Was Germany, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was just asking if Germany was one of the places, because I know, didn't you guys go to Europe in school with the- um, The singers? Yeah. We saw France and Germany. France and Germany. Yeah, because I I did a three-week European tour for a high school chorus, and Germany um, was one of the places we went to. Um, but I again, that was a blur. Like, that whole trip was a blur. I got mugged in France. That I remember very well. Oh, God. Um, but the rest of it... I, oh, another thing I do remember is that our choir director insisted on crashing a wedding. Like she brought us into the back of this, like, it felt like a cathedral, but an active wedding was happening and she had us sing one of our acapella numbers back there. And I felt really, I thought it was very invasive, very disrespectful. They talk about that to this day, that married couple. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's special. Uh, but yeah, I was mugged by gypsies in France. Oh my gosh. Was it was nonviolent. It was just weird. <laughs> and the song that you sang at someone's wedding without being asked was like Ching a ring a ring ching chong. No. Kumlarky. It was not. Do you know that song? I do know that song. Do you know the fruitcake song? Mm. I don't think I know that. There's a famous high school 
fruitcake song that people sing. This marks the second appearance of the fruitcake song on this podcast. The first was in the Christmas series. Go ahead. Uh, You know what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just funny. No, she doesn't know what it is. You have to tell her. Oh, the fruitcake song. Yes, the the Chingering Cha, I know, not the fruitcake song. The fruitcake song is like the out, like the tenor sing, you know, sift the flour and fold in eggs. And then the alto sing, um, pecans and walnuts and hazelnuts, uh, almonds and all other crazy. Anyways, they layer the ingredients in the, let's say, canon. <laughs> and then it becomes sort of a, a counterpoint, if you will, with all of these different things basically that make up a fruit make cake. up a fruitcake wow and wow. we used to do it in high school and i always thought it was the dumbest thing in the world <laughs> but you know anyway and what at what what did the sopranos sing cinnamon cinnamon don't forget the cinnamon <laughs> <laughs> oh i am oh, so sorry God. they didn't teach us that one oh, yeah. it's on youtube you just put in the fruitcake okay. song choir <laughs> Well, and I also want to say, if anyone is getting married yeah. <laughs> and would like to add the fruitcake song, I feel wow. like Beth. The last time we saw you was at our wedding. That oh, that was definitely the last time we saw each other for sure. I remember you taking your little surprise grab bag um, home mm. and you saying to me that you didn't want to open it up because you didn't the uh, evening to want end. it to be over. Yeah, that was an emotional. That was, um, that was something that was really something. And I was very honored to be there. Mark and I were very moved by the whole thing and so glad to be a part of it. And yes, it, that bag stayed on our bookshelf for a very long time. Um, unopened. Yes. You know, some of the bags had cash in it. Well, I did eventually open it, and mine did not. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> you're, you're in the video. You're in the video of the wedding, of, of the whole making of the Connor and Smith wedding. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. They do a, a great pan of everybody in the audience, and there's you and Mark. Aww. And then yep. he wrote those Portuguese lyrics for one of your lullabies. Oh, that's oh, right. That's right. That was cool too. Do you know the guy that I that wanted that lullaby actually came up to me years later and said, "Matt, your lullaby is on national television in Brazil." <gasps> and I seriously, said, I said what? And he said, "Yeah." And you, you could tell I was kind of like, "Uh, that's kind of weird." And he was like, "Don't <laughs> worry, they don't have any money." <laughs> <laughs> And then I neither do you. (laughs) Well, then I said, uh, was it Eduardo? Anyways, I said, is there a way you can like record this so I can at least just see it? So I don't know. He was a very uh, uh, connected person. So I don't know Mm. how that happened or if it even did happen. But what would be great is if like years from now, you see like a, a, a show from Brazil that's kind of like, you know, a really like wild show and like there's a wild host and that song is sung 
every single episode and you never got paid. Yeah. You're like 80 years old. You're like, oh my God. I have I have lots of non-paid stories. Now what I think the lullaby was for Francisco. Say that again. I think the lullaby was for a baby named Francisco. Oh, that sounds yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. And I remember the the word for lullaby or song was like can't so or kind so uh, or C A N C A O or something that has C's and vowels. <laughs> Similar, yeah. I mean, it probably is based like on like cantata, like that root, probably have the same like root words. It's probably similar. Yeah. Um, I just want to get a few more uh, quick memory things in. Was it? <clears throat> do you remember Grace and Marilyn? Oh, Grace. Marilyn. We never talked to Ben Franklin about go, that. Cat, go, Cat, go. What? You still have those? I haven't been able to find them. I mean, that doesn't mean they're not here somewhere, but I have looked for them. Yes. So Grace yes. and Marilyn, I don't even know the origin of this tape anymore. Was it Ben right. Franklin? I think it was Ben Franklin. It was, but it was somebody's aunt. But Ben got them from someone else. else. Yes. Who, who was recording like these ladies? So yes, I think one of them was this person's aunt. I don't know who the guy was, but I don't think they knew they were being recorded. Or maybe they did. I don't know. I mean, but yes, hilarious. All I recall, I hate Marilyn. She stinks up. She stinks the house. up the house. It's for those who are like, what are they talking about? Is this Grace and Frankie on Netflix? No, it's not. It's, it's not. Um, it, it was this cassette tape uh that had it was just said grace and marilyn and it was these two roommates uh who were elderly women and uh it was just like a back and forth you heard their arguments it and... was almost a country version of gray gardens yeah yeah <laughs> um and i it, it was an obsession of ours for a a brief time and I, I wish I could hear it again somewhere. Um, I know some of the, the famous ones, like it was a notebook. I thought it was a cake. <laughs> it was a notebook, but I thought it was a cake. Go, I don't cat, think I'm go. crazy. I'm just going there to see if I'm crazy. Like, <laughs> oh I mean, those poor women, like when you think about it, seriously, their world. Yeah. That and now was... we've all gotten to share it. Yeah. And now we can't find it. Um, ah. mm -hmm. All right. Tryouts. Tryouts. Oh, tryouts. What was that? Was I, I think I met you for the first time when you were working at the box office, Stephen. Yeah. And we just kind of quickly like became friends but were we talking about peanut butter pancakes as well that day A peanut butter pancakes oh my <laughs> god in your apartment and um yeah you talked about you have trials i said tryouts for what not heard of triops before i don't remember what triops were they're I, like sea monkey type things right i remember you had that one that just God, huge. Oh my God, that you bought in like a sheets or something. Yeah, and you, um, he got ginormous. He's even scary. Like if you were staring at the bowl and he happened to like come into view, it was startling. 
I but, forgot all about that. Yeah. I have to Google some tryouts tonight. You were like, <laughs> tryouts? Tryouts for what? <laughs> Good luck. Break a leg. Oh my gosh. Who was, eating, who was making peanut butter big pancakes? Oh, peanut butter on pancakes was something that I um, learned in church camp in elementary school. Um, I'd never, I mean, you know, I had pancakes before, sure. But when they Probably had. the best thing you learned there. That it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, um, down. That was just one of the things that they would put out for you to put on stuff. And so I, I mean, tried it one time, and that's just how I eat pancakes now. <laughs> they, so they, good. they have peanut butter. <laughs> so yeah. Beth, what do you what are you reading currently? Are you reading anything? Um, I have a couple different things um going sort of in circulation, sort of like, you know, a rep company. But um I go to most frequently, it's actually a quarterly publication, technically a magazine, but it's hefty it's just called bella grace and it's very um inspirational and uplifting and intrinsic and it's all um reader submissions it's all made up of um you know writers who submit things and so i'm really enjoying that um the outlander series is something i have been reading for a very long time and now that that you know, show is available as well. It's been extra lovely. Have you been watching um, it? Yes, that is um, like one of our favorite things. We now did not have the time as much as a lot of people to just binge during the pandemic because our schedules didn't really um, change much. Both of our fields were considered um, essential. So we like never working we didn't have that lockdown period um so our binging still comes in fits and starts uh, i am currently our favorites i am currently in season three of outlander nice and there's well, something about there's something about it that i find almost fiction but almost kind of not and trance and um, I think the first four books might have been out by that time. And so I just, you know, read them back to back. And then um, when my husband, when I met Mark, he and I met online. Um, he was here in Buffalo and I was in Chevy Chase, Maryland. But one of our very first phone conversations was about the fact that we had both read this book series. Like he and I for Celtic and Scottish Celtic, you know, things in general. We go to a Celtic festival each year. We just really like that. Um, and time travel also. We both, um, you know, read this series. So that was a cool thing to have in common. And of course, the books keep coming and then the show started. Um, but we went to Scotland on our honeymoon. Like that's, um, it's definitely something that's near and dear to us. The books are always going to be better, as in most cases, just because there's more stuff in it. But her research is brilliant. And yes, the historical aspect of it, but the drama and the romance and the, um, you know, fantasy with the time travel and stuff. It's, I love it very much. We just finished Ozark. So much about Ozark. Haven't seen any of it, but I know that people really love it. 
we just we had not watched it at all. We watched it all like in the past like month, couple months. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, it's worth it's worth the watch. Um, we would do two and three and four a day. Yeah, yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. I love, I mean, I love those times, like when we've had, you know, just a, like a staycation or something and have been able to, um, you know, really go through shows like that, like The Handmaid's Tale and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, we just don't have as much opportunity um, as we would like. I mean, there's way too much stuff to see. I mean, I love content. Like, there's so much stuff I'm interested in. Um, and picking and choosing is difficult sometimes because there's just only so much time. But it's it's a very enjoyable pastime for sure. The Handmaid's Tale is that that's the nonfiction series, right? <laughs> Isn't that so sad? So that sad. that's not even not even like so far from what like it's just so disturbing. Like I can't even wrap my brain around the reality in so many areas. It's just like one after another gets worse. Like it's just her, terrible. Did you see her statement that she made the author? Margaret Atwood? Yeah. I don't, I just don't think I, I think I heard that there had been one. I don't think I saw it. What it, did it she say? It was basically something like, you know, when I started writing this, I kind of stopped it because I thought this is getting so outlandish. This is never going to, you know, and now it now it's like becoming reality yeah i mean it's it's really horrifying i mean it truly truly is things have um deteriorated rapidly in the last mm, six ish years in particular yeah, 2016 <sighs> it's awful it's so bad well, on that note guys. on that oh note, god yeah. that's so sad it was oh. red and yellow and green and brown oh. and over in scotch and, and scotch. <laughs> scotch. <laughs> sounds like there was scotch involved. It's a certain time. No, no, no. Scotch is a color hilarious. In the right light. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I didn't know the next one. Anyway. We love you, Beth. It's so good to catch up. Very much. Wise. My goodness gracious. I'm so glad all three of you were there. Yeah, and please send a bunch of love to your family, who I, of course, know personally. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. They will send their love right sure, and to yours as well. Yeah, and we will, um, I I'm going to send you a picture later about who, uh, what the television audience looked like on the couch. Yay, please do. Thank you. <laughs> and kiss those puggers for me. We will. We'll do. Okay, love you guys. Be safe. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us, Beth. We had a great time that talking. Was a really great time. Peanut butter pancakes and triops. Mm, uh, peanut butter pancakes. Oh my so gosh, good. Burn bread. All the memories. All the memories. You have to find the film that you guys are in. The Linda Blair Witch Project? Yeah. Do you have it downstairs? Oh, of course. So I don't know how we can view that together since Beth only lives. Well, it, it may be uh, worthy of putting on the Discord just the, the clip of Beth in that film. Maybe worthy. Discord worthy. 
Um, all right. If you want to learn more, thank you, Beth, one more time. Uh, we had such a blast catching up and being Love you, all Beth. together. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. really helps us out. Post it where you post things. Share it where you share things. Listen where you listen things. Thank you. Um, if you want to join the Discord discussion, uh, I will put the link in the description of this podcast. You can also add songs to the Spotify playlist of late 90s music. It is like a mixtape we can all share together. It's a lot of fun. Um, maybe, maybe Beth could put that Napoleon song in the, the playlist or a song from Metropolis, Metropolis, Metropolis. What show is that? Metropolis, I think was the porn version of Metropolis. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, that's a wrap on this episode. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and it means the world to us. So season five ongoing in the hive. Love you bunches, Beth. Bunches. Get it? That's funny. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Wow, he's a bass. <laughs>